Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, July the 21st. My goodness, how summer is moving along. Wherever you are, I, I, I wish you God's goodness, God's grace uh, in the midst of, uh, of this day. And, uh, and whenever you listen to this, again, certainly hope you feel surrounded uh, in the embrace and the love of our God today. Uh, we're going to continue to move through Matthew's gospel today. You know, we started this back in the Sermon on the Mount. Gosh, it had to be a good month ago, maybe five weeks ago, as soon as we came out of the uh, Easter season. And uh, we've already moved from chapter 5 all the way up to 13 here. So we are starting the 13th chapter today, verses 1 through 9, if you would like to follow along. Very famous parable that uh, Jesus is giving today. So let's break open God's word to us as given to us through Matthew. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil, sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. When the sun rose, it scored and wood for ladders. Some seed fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty, or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Familiar parable, right? We've, we've heard this a number of times. In fact, I want to say in two days we're, we're going to hear it basically again because Jesus is going to explain it to his disciples. So I'm really going to wait Uh, to talk about the explaining part of it more on Friday, because we're going to get there. Um, Because why do the explanation today and then turn around and have that there? So that's a little odd. I guess what I want to focus on are some external things or, or some fringe things in this. And the first is this. On that day, whatever day that is, we've started a new chapter now, so remember, Jesus and the, the Pharisees were giving each other dickens. He was, uh, he was teaching, uh, you know, and, and his mother and brothers came up. And, and so then obviously he went home. And on that day, so on, on whatever given day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Now, it doesn't say Jesus went out of the house in order, in order to look for people uh, to teach them. I kind of view this as, you know, Jesus just wanted to go down by the water and look at it because it's beautiful. How many times have we wanted to do that same thing? And we just go out to the river or we go out to the lake or we go out to, to, you know, if we're we're blessed enough to live uh, by a seaside or something, just to watch and look at at the water. It's like looking at fire, isn't it? It's got this peaceful, calming, mesmerizing feel about it. Jesus just went out of the house and went down by the sea. And then it says, 
Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And um, and, and again, I, I don't know that what I'm saying is correct, but I know that it's correct for me sometimes in that I've got an agenda and something else happens. So here's Jesus just going down, wanting to sit by the sea and look. And here's a large crowd that presses in about him and wants a part of him. I mean, aren't there times in every one of our lives that we feel that? That we feel like, hey, I'm going in this direction because that's where I I desire. I need a moment's peace. And yet I've got five kids in my house or I've got students in my classroom or I've got my boss at work or I've got, you know, uh, the neighbor or I've got whatever on my agenda, a to-do list around my house. And it doesn't allow me to do that. But yet the grace with which Jesus simply looks, notices the large crowds about him and veers from option one, sitting by the seaside, enjoying God's creation feeling that oneness with God through God's creation uh, and, and that peace and all of a sudden seeing the desire of those around and he pivots and says, okay, we're going from, from that moment of prayer to a moment of teaching, which again, uh, twofold is the, in the one, the grace with which he does that. Uh, I could certainly use the grace of the Holy Spirit because I'm less graceful when I have an agenda and it gets co-opted by other things or, or people or, or uh, to-do lists. Um, and, 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 but the other thing I think is maybe it was that time at the sea, that, that union, uh, that prayerful moment where, where Jesus did feel at one with God through God's creation, through that moment of prayer, looking at the sea, that oneness, uh, that he was able in the grace of his father to turn around and then give, right? Because we can't give what we don't have. Jesus didn't just go around teaching. He went around praying, um, making sure he was connected to his father. And then only through and in that was he able to turn around and teach. Last thing I think I want to say on this, again, we're going to talk more about the parable itself on Friday. But I think the last thing I want to say uh, is I love how Jesus here um, speaks in a language of the people. You know, they knew somebody special was here. They knew he was, a, a, at, at, at minimum, right, he was a great teacher. Because again, they said he teaches with authority, not like the scribes or the Pharisees. He knows the author, again, going back to that moment of prayer, he, that union, the author was in him, and only then could he, could he uh, share that authorship, that authority uh, with those around him. So he taught as one with authority. They knew he was special, but they weren't sure at what level that specialness rose to. There were those wondering, is he a prophet? You know, when he asks, and, and he's going to do that in Matthew's gospel here in about three chapters, when he says, who do the people say I am? Oh, they say you're John the Baptist or one of the prophets. Uh, but who do you say I am? You know, oh, you're the Messiah of God. Well, those conversations are going on out there too. Um, and, and he doesn't speak right to it and say, hey, here's what the Messiah is. Because they were expecting very different things, right? With the Messiah. Um, he instead 
speaks to them in a language, brothers and sisters, that they would understand. He speaks to them of agrarian things. There was a sower who went out to sow, and some seed fell on a path. Uh, some seed fell among, you know, the thorns. Some seed fell on uh, soil that, that was rocky. And some seed uh, fell in rich, fertile soil. Any one of them who worked the ground, and that, that would be a whole lot of them there, would be able to put themselves in that situation. He didn't speak to them of platitudes and things that they wouldn't understand. He didn't say, well, listen, I've got a doctorate in uh, divinity. And, uh, and you know, um, that, that theory of, or that, that uh, uh, Augustine said back in the fourth century, you know, this, or, or Aquinas said this. Nothing wrong with what Augustine and Aquinas were saying, but are we able, if we are blessed enough to understand those things, to be able to put them in terms that people will understand around us? If you've ever had a chance to, to teach children, you know, again, what a gift is it? How do you take these, these uh, words and make it so a child can understand? That's what Jesus is doing here. Not treating them as children. That's not my point. My point is he knew his audience. He knew those who were surrounding him. And he spoke to them in a way that they would understand. He spoke in their language. Now, brothers and sisters, any one of you who knows this, I've, I've talked about this, I think, before, the five languages by Chapman. You know, Marvel, the whole premise is very, very big. These are a bit of a book in the war. I would say this. The whole premise of the book is this. We all speak in one of these five languages. It's our love language, he calls. And uh, that would be either acts of service or quality time or by giving gifts or by human touch uh, or by words of affirmation. It's one of those five. But our spouse or our loved ones may not speak that same language. So what our goal to do, what, it, what our goal is, is to learn their language. So, so for instance, Renee. Uh, Renee is a uh, acts of service and quality time. Those are her two languages of love. But those are not mine. Mine are human, mine are word of affirmation. So if you need to say love to Renee, I have to give of quality acts of service. I have to do dishes. Renee knows that to serve her, and she'll serve and she feels love. But if I simply go up to her and give her a hug or say, you look beautiful today, because those are my love languages, right? She's not going to get it. Or she'll, she'll get, but it won't fill her. It, she won't feel, uh, or I love you. I speak her language. That's Jesus doing her. He knows language all over with it, and he speaks it. I think brothers just be wise to do likewise. How we learn languages all over us. And it doesn't mean we give up who we are. We are created unique and in, 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 in God's image for a reason to speak our language. But, I mean, Paul says, I'd come you know, to, to, uh, to one poor, be poor, uh, to some come rich, I will be all things, all in order that they may say it. I mean, we realize we have to get the mind and heart of the people whom we speak in order that some can hear the word of God, in order that this word can fall on rich soil, right? I think that's, worth, that's worthwhile. So again, all this, that this parable deserves far more, and, and I didn't even get to it today, and that's okay. We'll get to it on Friday. But... Uh, you know, just these little things. How do we pivot with grace when we are, are intending one thing and going another? How do we, and another pops up to us. How do we 
uh, create that unity uh, with our God in that moment of prayer in order to give it to others, to, to be one with the author, right? So we too can speak with authority. Um, and how do we get creative like Jesus did? You know, and saying, okay, here's what the situation presents. I'm going to get a boat because you know what? Otherwise, they're not going to be able to see me or hear me or I'm going to get caught up in the crowd. How do we think creatively? And how, my friends, do we speak in, uh, in the words of those around us? How do we learn their language in order, in the words of Paul, that some may be saved? Things worth pondering today um, as, we, uh, as we see how Jesus did it. Uh, let's uh, take it all to prayer, shall we? And so, um, as always, we, we trust our God. Gosh, he knows our language, and we thank God for that. Uh, and he knows what our needs are even before we ask. And so let us bring those before him as we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The uh, third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Wednesday. And uh, thanks for coming along and breaking open God's word with me. God's peace.